Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. It was a dark and stormy night. Lightning was flashing through the windows that surrounded the bedroom. Thunder was rolling through the walls and a young girl sat huddled against her wall, tears streaming down her face, her hands literally covering her ears, and she was sobbing quietly. Storms were terrifying for me when I was young. Approximately 60 storms per year happen in northern Illinois. That's a lot of fear for a young girl to deal with. And many times our view of storms change as we get older. At this moment on my journey, I love to see the clouds roll in. I love to watch the lightning. I love to listen to the rain. Wind, on the other hand, in a storm is not my friend. So, when Jesus began his ministry here on earth, he called ordinary men to follow him. We call those men disciples, and many of them were fishermen. They laid aside their occupations, they left their families, and became students and followers of Jesus. He became their teacher. They were with him pretty much 24-7. They saw the miracles he performed firsthand. They tasted the wine made from ordinary water. They witnessed people who were sick with disease become healed right in front of their eyes. They even experienced a miraculous catch of fish on Lake Gennesaret. Now, the men had been fishing all night and had caught nothing. But Jesus told them to put their nets in again, and they obeyed. And the Bible says that they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. You would think that being actual witnesses to the power of Jesus would speak loudly to them. How do you forget those moments? Let's look at one day in the life of Jesus and his disciples. Jesus had been teaching on the mountainside. Crowds of people were listening to him. The Bible says that the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught with authority. As Jesus and his disciples came down from the mountainside, a man with leprosy asked to be healed. Jesus reached out, touched the man, and brought healing. As they walked on and entered Capernaum, a Roman officer came up to Jesus and said, Jesus, would you heal my servant? He's at home, but I know the power within you. And Jesus healed the servant from a distance. They then went to Peter's house and healed his mother-in-law. The evening came and more people were healed. As the crowd surrounded Jesus, he told his disciples that they were going to cross to the other side of the lake. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Mark 4, verse 35 with me, and you can also read it here on the screens. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat. It began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the waves. Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped. There was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind 
and waves obey him. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we thank you that you have the power that even wind and waves obey you. We pray tonight that as we gather and learn that we will remember that you are the same God today who calmed the storm way back so many years ago. We give you this time tonight. We thank you for being here with us. Amen. I've been in a lot of storms since that evening in my bedroom, and I remember standing at our back door when I was in high school, and a funnel cloud appeared. And uh, we lived on the North Hill, so we could kind of look out over town, and you could see this funnel cloud right downtown. The sky was an eerie color of green. Uh, Luckily, the tornado did not touch down, and I remember getting in the car and driving around and looking at all of the things, and it's like, how did that change? How all of a sudden was I okay to be out in a storm? When my oldest kids were little, we were traveling to Florida to see my parents, and it had rained for days. We got one of the last hotel rooms in Macon, Georgia, trying to wait out the downpour. The next morning, we decided to get on the road again and had to drive through flooded roads. The water was so deep in one area that it actually started coming into the car. Good old red Georgia mud and yuck coming into the car, and it smelled terrible. My kids were terrified, and I really wasn't feeling very confident. We've witnessed the devastation of our, to our communities after storms and windstorms have gone through. Homes and businesses have been damaged. Unfortunately, storms of nature are part of life. On the Sea of Galilee, it would take about two hours to cross to the other side. The boat that Jesus and the disciples were in was most likely a fishing boat. It was probably about four feet deep and held around 15 people. The evening sail probably started off calmly. The disciples, Jesus may have enjoyed a beautiful sunset. Jesus fell asleep on a cushion in the back of the boat probably exhausted from the day's events. It was common for storms to develop very quickly on the Sea of Galilee. The drop of about 680 feet down to the sea could result in monstrous storms whipping across the water, seemingly arising from nowhere. We can only imagine the wind shrieking through the rigging and high waves slapping over the sides of the boat coming over the rails as the boat bounces up and down over the huge swells. This was a terrible storm, even for experienced fishermen like Andrew, Peter, James, and John. They honestly thought they were going to drown. But as horrible as the storm was, Jesus was sleeping on a cushion in the back of the boat. As a last resort, the disciples woke Jesus up. And with just a few words, the wind stopped. The waves calmed, and the water was still. When I was trying to put myself into this story, I had a lot of questions. If the disciples knew they were called by Jesus, that he had a plan for them, did they really think that plan involved an early death and Jesus included with that? Jesus knew there was going to be a storm, but why didn't he warn the disciples? If they had witnessed the power of Jesus to bring miracles, why did they doubt his power to help them in a storm? Why were they so afraid when Jesus was with them? And the biggest question of all, why was Jesus sleeping? There are lessons that we can learn from this real event in history. Storms in nature are inevitable, and so are storms in our physical, emotional, and spiritual lives. 
Storms have different names. Cancer, COVID, financial issues, family disagreements, the death of a loved one, the list is long. But the first lesson we need to learn is we are never alone in these storms. Jesus was in the boat with the disciples and he is with us always. In the Nazarene Church, we believe in the Trinity, the Father, God, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are three separate beings, but they are also one. Kind of like an egg, you've got the shell, the yolk, and the white. All of them are separate, they can be separated, but they're all one, they make one egg. When Jesus was sent to earth, his humanness became evident. He needed food, he needed sleep, but God is not human. Psalm 121 reminds us, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he will never sleep. A few weeks ago, I flew to Oregon to see my daughter and her family. It was quite an adventure. Uh, Once I actually got on the plane, every flight, I had four of them, every flight was delayed, canceled, or rescheduled. The pilot announced that we were going to be blessed with turbulence, as if the adventure of actually getting on a flight was not turbulence enough. I saw the flight attendants when we got on the plane. I heard their voices, even though I read my book through the safety announcements. Um, But once we got in the air, the crew was not visible. I knew the pilot was there, the the plane was still flying, but the turbulence was so bad that the flight attendants were told to take their seats for their own safety. Now, the disciples knew that Jesus was in the boat with them, but he was sleeping. How many times do we feel that Jesus is not aware of the storm that we're in? Does he really hear our calls for help? Is he busy with someone else's problems? Is our storm not as severe as theirs? God never leaves us alone. According to Google, there are 100 verses in the Bible that remind us that God never leaves us. And one of my favorites is Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. If you don't remember anything else today, we're gonna work on remembering that verse. The disciples forgot what they had witnessed. They forgot about the wine. They forgot about the healing power of Jesus. They forgot about their huge catch of fish. But how do we find fault with the disciples? How many times do we forget what Jesus had done and has done for us? We know that there is power in our stories. That's why we've given you the opportunity to share them the last two weeks. If you've not taken time to read the stories that have been on the cards in the hub, please do so. They will encourage you. Not long ago, I was meeting with a friend of mine, Chrissy, who's exploring the call to ministry. And we were talking about the exciting things ahead for her. She said, when I look back to two years ago, I'm amazed at where I am today. She remembers where she was and thanks God for where she is now. She remembers the miracles God has done in her life. Albert Einstein once said, there are two ways to live your life, 
One is though nothing is a miracle. The other is though everything is a miracle. For Christmas, I received a jar that has encouraging quotes in it, and this quote was one of them. The week I pulled this quote, I asked God to help me see a miracle every day. That was Monday. Later that day, I had visits from friends that I had been praying for. They had been on a journey of cancer and chemo and radiation, and they had just come back from having tests read. They told me there was no evidence of disease on the latest tests. The next day, a friend told me that they were going to be able to come home from the hospital much earlier than expected. On Wednesday, another friend was protected from a horrific accident on Route 80. All of these were miracles. All of these remind us that God is working. We just have to open our eyes and see his hand. Another lesson that we can learn from Jesus calming the storm is that Jesus' love for us is constant. We never know when storms are going to come. The disciples had no way of knowing either. There were no weathermen saying, high wind warning at 6 p.m. tonight. And even if they had a weatherman, would you really be able to trust them? My sister lives in Kentucky, and one day this week they were supposed to get a dusting of snow. They got five inches. The disciples asked Jesus, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Yes, Jesus was sleeping during the storm. Yes, Jesus in his human form needed rest. But even when our prayers do not seem to be answered, God hears. Even when we think no one cares what circumstances we are experiencing, God cares and sees. It's human nature for us to doubt, to question when we're having difficulties. Fear overwhelms us and faith can become difficult to hold on to. There are times when we think our storm is never going to end. We look around and feel our storm is greater than anyone else's. I don't have the answer to why some storms are more severe and last longer than others. All I know is Jesus is in the storm with us. He is right there bringing strength, comfort, and peace. Many people in our town look at our church and see a large church on the North Hill across from Farm and Fleet. They have no idea the storms our church has been through. And many of you may not know. Now, I've been around a long time, but I don't know all the church history. But I do have archives that I can read. When our church began back in 1921, we started having tent meetings in Allen Park. In 1925, a new building located on Washington Street was dedicated. In 1939, that building was almost destroyed by fire. The article states, the church people who kept the vision alive turned what could have been a disaster into a victory. In rebuilding the church, it was expanded to nearly double its original size. God used the fire so the church could reach more people. When I was a young girl, we had a minister named Reverend Miracle. Kind of fitting, huh? The parsonage was in a brick home on Columbus Street, and the Miracle family lived on the top level, and we had a fellowship area in the basement. One day, Mrs. Miracle tripped and fell down the basement steps. She received severe brain injuries and later passed away. But God was with the Miracle family, and he was with, with us as we cared for our pastor and his children. 
Years later, Reverend Randy Williams was called here. He was the first minister I could truly call my pastor. He was instrumental in building the area we are now worshiping in. In 1995, construction was started. At the time, this portion of our building was designed as a gymnasium, a family life center. In the write-up for the dedication, these words were written. This is not the end. This is a new beginning. We continue to have faith for the future for what God is doing. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Unfortunately, Randy was diagnosed with leukemia and passed away a few years later. Our congregation was earnestly praying for his healing. We were believing a miracle would happen, but God did not heal our pastor the way we thought we would see. But God continued to be with us. We as a church are again mourning the death of one of our pastors. Soon we will be saying our final farewell to Pastor Trisha. As I was preparing to speak this weekend, I had no idea what this last week would hold. We are praying for Pastor Trisha's family members. We ask God that he would give them strength. This is not an easy journey for any of us, but God is with us. In all of these storms, people most likely question God. None of these incidents made any sense. There was pain, there were tears. During the last two years with COVID, all of us have had pain and tears. It's been a hard journey, but we can hold on to God's hand. So we're gonna go back to our verse, and this time I want you to say it with me loudly as a declaration of faith. Ready? So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Even in the most difficult storms, God is faithful. A few weeks ago, Pastor Jim Book reminded us that we have a purpose in every situation. Perhaps our purpose in weathering a storm is to help someone who's going through the same thing. Perhaps our purpose in weathering a storm is to strengthen our own faith. Perhaps the purpose of the storm is to remind us that God is here always. Charles Dickens said, I have been bent and broken, but I hope into a better shape. God uses our struggles to shape us. We're reminded in Psalm 34, the righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. The storm on the Sea of Galilee helped the disciples know the power of Jesus. We grow in times of adversity. We long and hope for the mountaintop experiences, but when you truly look at a mountain, there's not much growing at the top. It's usually snow-covered, rocky, and vegetation is very minimal. Growth happens in the valleys. God's power is evident when we are struggling. He gives us moments of strength and hope for the days to come. We learn about community when we read the story about Jesus calming the storm. The disciples got in the boat together. 
Jesus did not say, John, you take one boat, Andrew, you take another, and we'll meet over on the other side. They went together. When people weather storms together, they are stronger. That's why we have groups. Now, you really didn't think I was going to get up here and talk and not talk about groups, right? So. <laughs> when you have people that you are doing life with, they celebrate the good times with you. They support you in the hard times. My dad was a fisherman. He had a small boat, and he loved to fish wherever he could. He did give me nightmares about catfish. I don't think I've ever eaten one. One night after he came home from a, a fishing trip, I heard him pounding in the basement. I went down, and there was this huge, slimy, black, whiskered catfish, and he was pounding the thing on the head with a hammer. It would not die. Now, there are so many things that I cannot remember, but why is it that I can remember that? When my father passed away, we bought a picture in his memory, and it's above my desk at the office. It's a picture of a small lighthouse with two boats anchored on a calm sea. The inscription says, He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. I know this is going to surprise you, but my job can be stressful. I work for a great company, and I have wonderful coworkers. But there are days that are really tough. But when I truly focus on that picture above my desk, my mind goes to the peace that God brings. Sometimes I look at it and I make myself think about being near a calm body of water. I close my eyes and I hear the water gently lapping and it calms my soul. And then when my mind is settled, I remember the miracles that God has done in my life and in the lives of my friends. I remember that we church have a purpose. Our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We can share our stories and help people know that they are not alone. No matter what storms we are facing, we can have peace and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God will strengthen us, that he will uphold us. I was listening to a podcast with Carrie Newhoff and Rick Warren, both men I admire and I'm also challenged by them. Rick was talking about being transparent and authentic through the storms in his life with his congregation at Saddleback. One of our core values is to encourage authenticity. Sometimes being authentic can be painful. It's hard to share details of a trial, even with your most trusted friends. To be transparent with you, um, my family is going through a storm right now. Some of you are aware, but some are not. This is not a storm that's seen under normal circumstances. On the surface, everything seems to be fine. Several years ago, my husband was diagnosed with frontal temporal lobe dementia. Processing is difficult for him. He often does not know what's appropriate to say or do in a given situation. His short-term memory is suffering. We can see the decline, but he cannot. It's hard to determine what lies ahead. This storm takes on a different facet almost daily. The leader of one of our Crossbridge groups reached out to me and invited me to be part of their small group family. Now, I lead a group, but it's different to be in a group, to not have to worry about preparing or leading. And through this storm, my group has been there. They have shown Ray the love of Jesus. 
Both of my groups remind me that they are praying for me and that I am loved. My groups strengthen me. My groups remind me that I don't have to be afraid. They are other voices saying the same thing that God tells me. They are the hands and feet of Jesus. I'm not sharing this with you for sympathy. Many of you are going through storms that are much more harsh. I'm sharing because I want you to know that no one is exempt from storms. But no matter what we're going through, we can know that God abides with us if we have asked him to be in charge of our lives. We can know God continues to be with us even when waves are coming over the side of our boat. We can accept and tolerate circumstances when we know that he is here. We do not have to fear. Let's go back to our verse. But this time, would you say it with me as a prayer? Say it quietly and slowly. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Every year, God gives me a word to explore and to ponder. This year, my word is abide. Abide means to accept or act in accordance with or to be able to tolerate. Be able to tolerate. Not enjoy, but tolerate. Not a very comforting word, is it? But there's another meaning of abide. To continue in a place. So many people have learned the wisdom of abiding in God and allowing him to abide in their hearts. Our goal is to abide in God, to continue to allow him to be in charge of our lives. And we want him to abide in us, to continue to guide and direct us. The people who constructed the original church knew that they could abide in God and God was abiding in them. He guided them to double the size of the original church. Reverend Miracle knew that he could abide in God's peace even after the loss of his wife. God was with him and his children on that very difficult journey. Becky Williams has been abiding in God's strength since the loss of her husband because she knows God is with her. She knows he has a plan and direction for her life. Joe Jackson knows that God is abiding with his family. Stephen, Drew, and Hunter have been taught that God loves them. They have seen their mom battle. They have seen her courage. They have seen her rely on God. Linda, Trisha's mom, knows that God will help her as she deals with the loss of her daughter. My friend Trisha had many, many Bible verses. I don't know which one was her favorite. But I believe that this one was her foundation for the last seven years. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling. Monday, Trisha received her heavenly prize. Do not let the wind cause you to fear. Do not let the waves make you feel like you will drown. God is holding on to you with his righteous right hand. Press on to the end. Chris August wrote a beautiful song named Abide in Me. I try to start my day with it because it helps me get into the right frame of mind mentally and spiritually. 
There is one stanza of the song that stands out to me each time I listen to it. Whatever it takes, create in me the space. Make my heart a place designed for thee, Lord. Come and abide in me. If we have asked Jesus to abide in us, if we have created space in our hearts for him to continue to be present, God will never let go of our hand. We do not have to fear. His love can bring us peace if we abide in him. We can look forward to the future with hope. We can know that we are never alone. Father, thank you for your promises. Thank you for abiding with us. Thank you, Father, for on our journeys that are so different, you never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you for holding us by your righteous right hand. We give you praise, honor, and glory. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.